Welcome to VG Empire episode 34. This is a belated tribute to the Sega CD. It's your host, Brett Elston, along with uh, someone you heard last episode. This is creative assassin Joshua Hines. And new to VG Empire, but not new to me, is Jim McDonald, Jim a Mac- no-name web programmer from Southern Illinois. Yes, but we all grew up together. That's right. And... Uh, it and just we, so and happened. we all love video game music. We Imagine all, that. Yeah, well, you've been, you mentioned you on the last episode that uh, you made those VGM CDs, hmm, yeah. uh, like pre-Napster, like just pulled everything off the internet ether. Yeah, IRC channels. Just yeah, yeah. To, I bought, you know, importing stuff from Japan just to right. see what I could get. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, I was already, like, Josh and I were already ripping stuff ourselves, like off the cartridges, like mm. poking up through cassette players and like getting music that way. But then to see that, it was like, well, this is a whole new, it's a brand new day. And then Sega CD, obviously, so much Redbook audio meant that all that music was just on the CD. So a lot of Sega CD and a few Saturn and PS1 games had all that stuff just on there. You put mm-hmm. in a CD player and free soundtrack. And that's what Sega CD was all about to me, was uh, this weird system that had a lot of terrible games, <laughs> but also had like a bunch of really weird gems that didn't seem possible on a Genesis. And mm-hmm. for, 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 ugh, for various reasons, that's true. Um, but it's a weird little system that a lot of people don't really yeah, care about. Yeah, now, <laughs> you know, I was wondering about this. I was looking back, and I was saying, you know, at the time, I probably didn't realize that these are just g- Genesis games. More or less, yeah. With really good music. Yeah. Yes. That's basically all it was. Because it's like... But at the time, it was just like, oh, you know, look at all these great games. They're so innovative, and, you know, yeah. at the time... They could it, do thumbnail-sized videos. Yeah. yeah. Genesis it was, can't do that. That was the thing. Like, uh, storage medium is the, was the main advantage. Like, it could make Genesis games that could run smoother... Like the extra processing power would make it a cleaner game, but the color palette limitations and all that other stuff still was still Genesis. bound yeah. to the Genesis, which was far less than a Super NES. So the game still looked like Genesis games. And when you're trying to do full motion video games, which they got really obsessed with, because like because we can, mm-hmm. which is another one of those great examples of like Jurassic Park, Jeff Goldblum, Ian Malcolm told us just because you could doesn't mean that you should. <laughs> you can technically put full motion video on this disc, but with 512 colors total yeah uh not a good palette to pull from 
So that was with a very tiny picture of the video too. Yeah, was it, it Tomcat Alley like one of the first ones that actually had a bigger? It was bigger. Yeah, Tomcat Alley was a big. Uh, Sewer Shark notably was like the launch. Like you could get it in a pack mm. with the Model Two Sega CD. Speaking of Model Two. The intro song that brought us in is the Model 1. When you turn on a Sega CD, this little Sega CD logo is bouncing around uh, to that very jubilant music, uh, which I do love so much. Let's hear it again. Man. Oh, yeah. That's like It's so... really hyping it up, too. Yeah. And it feels... That sounds so 70s to me, which it sounds <laughs> like... That's what weirded me out. It's like, but it, it was, fit Sega's it, image almost. Yeah. It was like, this is what we're doing. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it was so weird. Like it was brand new yet felt ancient, even at the time. Like even when I was a thirteen year old playing a brand new Sega CD, it felt like, man, this thing's barely holding together. <laughs> like it's gonna skip and the CD's gonna fly out. Um, but the Model One Sega CD was the tower that you plugged the old Genesis on top of, and they would stack. And when you turn it on, it would play that music, and you would just sit there and be like, this is so cool. And then you'd play Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective or Soul Dece? Feast? Marky Mark? Soul Feast. Soul Feast. was the Genesis one. Feast. Okay. Um, but it came with so many different it games came with a to ton really of showcase crap. what it could do. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was weird. Like, I remember renting a Sega CD and, like, here's, like, an audio CD that you would play. And it was, like, a Jimi Hendrix song or something with, like, a video playing. And yeah. I remember just being blown away. <laughs> And my parents even be like, what? This is a video game? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and this is a video, but whatever. <laughs> and then came the Marky Mark things and the crisscross. And oh, uh, yeah. now I sound like an old man. Like, And the crisscross came. But the CNC Music Factories. CNC fa- the factories didn't stop. Um, they work hard. They play hard. Um, but And then everybody danced now. Everybody eventually got around to dancing. Yes. Um, so that's... Sega CD is just super weird. So I wanted to have an episode in October that was like a tribute to the Sega CD since it is now 20 years old. It's about time. Which is weird. However, there was Castlevania, Castlemania going on uh, all October. So if you missed those episodes, you're a bad person and should go listen to all of them. But I do want to say, too, it also makes sense in October because Sega CD has a very creepy vibe to me. Everything about it is, yeah, it's very creepy. Really? The intro music, uh, Sonic CD in particular. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's creepy about this? The other one. It's 70s. Oh, for okay. One. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get the to other that. one is more creepy because that was the one that I was more familiar yeah, with. Yeah, we'll get to that. Don't we? Don't you worry. But, yeah, it just has like a weird creepiness to it. Mm. So in, in October, yeah, this, this fits as well. All right. Well, it'll be November by the time this happens. Oh, so. I mean. I mean. November. Really seems like Thanksgiving to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really feels like turkey. Um, so this episode is kind of a grab bag of Sega CD stuff. Now, you might notice immediately there's going to be some key absences here like lunar jurassic park well we've covered jurassic park jim well no that's what i mean it's like oh you've already played some of these for for the newer viewers you know that haven't been following along who are watching the podcast (laughs) (laughs) just watching the fill up watching the audio watching the incredibly slow download uh, color pictures as they fly through the air Mm. my god it's a deep dive (laughs) Um, uh, but just to be clear uh things like lunar will have its own episode that's going to follow this one. Uh, Sega CD, again, I want to do a tribute. So this episode is like a Sega CD grab bag of stuff. Like Again, there's a ton of great stuff. Also, you'll notice Sonic CD is not part of this because, again, it's Sonic CD. I'm going to just lump it in with something else. Yeah. I got a whole other mm-hmm. Sonic episode in the works. And the U.S. soundtrack is every bit as good as the Japanese soundtrack. Deal with it. Agreed. So, so deal with it. You just got to... Things can be good for different reasons, guys. Uh, so this episode, uh, we'll, get in, we'll get into some, some more obscure stuff that maybe couldn't hold its own episode. First thing I want to get into is a game that we all actually know really well, Dark Wizard. 
which is this hexagon-based RT, uh, turn-based strategy game. You pick a sorcerer, warlock, whatever. You summon a bunch of monsters, and you just do battle in a you know a Advance Wars, Final Fantasy Tactics kind of thing. That I again, it's one of those games. I don't know how we all had it and knew it and played one it. One person must have got it. And, yeah, and it yep. looks awful. It's an ugly game. It looks awful, but it is not awful. But you could name your unit. Yeah, that was everything. A huge I mean, that was with that. Name every single unit that came out the door, and all the different characters were like distinct. And again, it had like a, they were one color. They were that, they were okay. <laughs> but again, to another thing that was cool about the Sega CD, they had all these cutscenes, and the duo was doing this as well. These animated cutscenes, and animated is a strong word because they were very like stiff and mm-hmm. budget budget anime. But the point was like that was not possible on a Genesis, on a TG sixteen, on my NES, my Super NES. It felt neat. It was like this is the just the purchase feels justified. Like, when you get a new console, you need immediately a game that's like, I couldn't do this before. Even if the game's mediocre, I can't do this on the system I had right now. Mm-hmm. And the Sega CD launch didn't really do a good job of that. But eventually, you got games that were like, if you came in later, like with the Model 2, which we'll get to, there was a lot of stuff, really good stuff right away. Dark Wizard's one of those. Um, Jun Sino, Sino, uh, who we've mentioned on the show before, I think in the Sonic episode... Um, most known for Sonic Adventure, did a lot of the guitar ripping music and stuff in that. Uh, had pieces in Son- uh, Smash Brothers Brawl because that soundtrack list was huge anyway. Also had music in Sonic 4 and Sonic Generation. So obviously a lot of Sonic stuff. But this Dark Wizards music is super weird because it's not like that at all. It's very medieval and orchestral and all called epic. To- it's, ep- it's really it epic. Is, it is like actually epic and uh, very cool. And the bit is every character you play as has one song. If you pick, it's Amon, Crystal, Armor, and Robin are the four characters you can play as, and they all have one song. And you're going to hear that song every time it's your turn for the duration of the game, which in my 13, 14-year-old mind, that game was 500 hours long. I did not how, It is a long game. I don't know how long it actually is. It was one of those games where like we thought we understood, and then we found like the secret ninja guild, and then you could promote writers to Wavern writers, and it's like, wait, there's all this other crap? You thing? can actually get a shinobi that looks exactly like the sprite yeah. for Revenge of Shinobi. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, all that kind of crap. Like, that's just totally lost. Like, I don't remember how we found that. Now it's a fact away. Like, we mm-hmm. can just look it up. But at the time, that didn't exist. Yeah. Right. So discovering that naturally with all of us playing it was like... Right. Um, but you had that one song. So that song had yeah, to be so good yeah. that you wanted to keep playing. You know? Exactly. And the bosses all had their own And Yeah, the, too. the bosses. like, And that was the other cool thing. It's like the enemies you're fighting, it was a rival wizard or monster with its own army summoning monsters to fight you. And they had their own theme. So it would go back and forth between these two pieces of music. And I want to go into... It's going to be a, a fairly long block of music because the track's are actually short. Um, but this is Amon, who's like the vampire, knight, stalkery dude. Uh, I don't think I ever really played as him because like they all... Have, what? That's, yeah. that's who you picked? No, I never picked Amon. Uh, Armor the Ninth, which is like the human male with blonde hair. That threw me off on the cover because I was like, hey, this cover's got hot ladies on it. Nope. That blonde one looks like a boy. <laughs> um, but whatever. Tales of Symphony would burn me even so that's harder. The se- yeah, the second time. Uh, Tales of Symphony got me even more. Uh, Armor 9, uh, that's really good, like just like march to battle music. Uh, Carmack, who I think is like the fish dude. That sounds right, but it's been a long Maybe time. he's the werewolf. Crystal, who's the girl I played as. She was like a sorceress. Um, Thigh-high boots and this white cape. And as a 13-year-old, just what I wanted. Uh, Sheena... And then the title screen music, uh, which is also, I think, uh, the first boss you fight. 
Title screen music alone is just really strong. But all this is just like it's uh, like su- suitably epic in, in, in the truest sense of the word. Um, this is quite a lineup. It is. And we'll do these and be back.
Josh, you were saying one of the songs was reminded you of the Dark Wizards, the reason you got rid of your Sega CD? It just occurred to me that whenever I got rid of my Sega CD, it was because of something that happened with this game. I oh, yeah. sunk a ton of time into it, yeah. and like the RAM cart yep. messed up, and I lost my save. And I stood up and basically yanked the whole system out of the entertainment <laughs> center and then sold it to buy a PlayStation. And that was a terrible move. Right. And there was a long period of time where I didn't have a Genesis at all or a Sega CD. And like I was just thinking about all these games I didn't have access to anymore. And this was one of them. Yeah. And just thinking about that music, it made me really sad. that I can't play this anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, have to, <laughs> I have to get another one. So then I... Basically, just bought back all my stuff again from the person that I sold it to. Oh yeah, and then I didn't. I wasn't able to get my original one back from the right. guy I sold it to. I don't know what he did with it. Maybe it was too good, too and he good. couldn't part with it. <laughs> so did the backup battery run out on the card, or did it just? Come? I don't remember so what you, triggered it. But so it yeah, just so gone. in case you didn't know, like the Sega CD had like a bit of internal memory, but like not enough. Like yeah, you could save, little. you could save your Sonic CD game. And that's about it. And then they sold a RAM cart separately that you could pay like 50 bucks for that had like a thousand extra blocks of memory. And that's how you could save like, you know, everything. Third, like Dark Wizard alone took up, I think, everything on the internal memory. Third World War, bleh, Third World War took up the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Which Dark Wizard didn't. Okay. But it took up enough that... You pretty much yeah. It's one. like yeah. It's it's that and like one other game maybe. But you had to have like one or two, you know, it, exactly to play anything on the system. Yeah. And so I, the, your RAM card is the one that I had yeah, when my, you got rid of all your stuff. I got your RAM card. Okay, that makes so sense. So you're the reason why I got rid of my Genesis. Well, CD. you should pay him back for everything. He <laughs> speaking of speaking of that RAM card, I walked in. So this is a weird moment. I walked into Babbage's at the time, and. I walked in and was like, well, need to get that Sega CD RAM card because still banging away at Dark Wizard and uh, I'm going to need that. Plus, I want to play some other games here because this, for a while, the system had a lot of great stuff. Like, again, we'll get into other episodes like uh, Popful Mail, Lunar, um, Sonic CD, Dark Wizard, and then other stuff we'll have in this show. There was a reasonable amount of stuff that made you feel like, okay, this wasn't a waste of money. There's a lot of good stuff here. Yeah. Um, and as I go in to buy my RAM cart, which is the most self-defeating purchase ever, you're just like, I'm, walk- I'm spending so much money. <laughs> like, I, I, I chores and re- saved up report card money, and like, and I'm spending it so I can save my game. That's no different than buying a memory card, though, really. I know, but memory cards are like 15 bucks. This was like 30 or 40 or something. Or, it was hard. It was a lot. And... As I'm buying that, the Babbage's dude op- cuts open a box, and the Saturn is in it. And that was the day the Saturn like sneak launched in May of two of ninety five and just showed up everywhere and oh, Sega surprised everyone and I'm like, what? And there's another like I'm still buying stuff for the Sega CD and they just launched a new system, like surprise it's ready ahead of time. So that's when you put the memory card down and said I'll take that. That was right? four hundred bucks. <laughs> and uh, then we had a friend who ended up getting a Saturn and I was like, man, I gotta get a set because that was like at the age where like there's a new system therefore I must have it. Yeah. It's ah, but it's May. I'm not near a birthday. School's over. I can't even save up. Like I got all A's for like the whole quarter. Like or you know it was something. There was no way. It's the summer. There's no way I'm gonna get a Saturn. I can't just get a four hundred dollar system for no reason. So that's why I never got a Saturn. Because by the time I could have weaselled my way into a Saturn, PS One was out mm-hmm. and had a much stronger launch immediately. Then I'm like, well, I gotta get Air Combat. Dude, planes flying around. Mm-hmm. And, so, so your most depressing. 
you know, buying that was, memory card, and like, oh, that could have gone towards a new system. Well, it was, it was just that, my it was, game. It was just that feeling of like, not only did I not buy a game for the system, I watched the new system get launched accidentally in front of me, and it's just like even the Babbage's do. And that's a famous story at this point. Like Sega sneak launched the Saturn mm-hmm. to get ahead of PlayStation, and it's just like. This is supremely confusing because 32X just came out too. So what is going on? Like every 30 days, there's something new I'm supposed to be buying. So that's a very turbulent time, obviously, for Sega. Well documented. Um, but Dark Wizard, everybody. It's awesome. Oh, yes. Uh, yes I don't know that it would be fun if you've never played it um, ever. Or if you don't have that feeling of like why a Sega CD is fun and cool. I don't know that it would translate. It but, might be mm-hmm. hard for people to get into it. It might. It's it. You'd want to turn all the animations off. Yeah, too. you have to. We we did back yeah, then because the battle animations, much like Pokemon, if you're a real Pokemon player, you turn all that stuff off. <laughs> uh, so we'll go ahead into speaking of strategy games. Uh, this game's Third World War. I don't think anyone played but me and one other person. Yeah, I can't speak to this one at I all. I watched it played quite a bit. Oh, probably the same person then. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our friend John. Yes, right. John. Uh, this is a turn-based strategy game with real-world nations. So it's like you could pick a country to play as, and you would fight other nations in the world. And the goal was either to take over the world militarily or economically through, like, using, I don't know. Militarily ex- speaking. Exchange rates or whatever. Like, And that was, like, the really difficult way. It's almost impossible, like, to win through completely peaceful subterfuge, basically. But, like, you had to win without actually... But then... no one really wanted to do that anyway. Yeah, so... No, no. I, if anyone did that, Wow. Um, but the bit is also like you can't just get you have to be choosy because you can't if you escalate too much you actually start World War Three which everyone just goes new crazy and the game is over you have to like maintain this level of hostility without like pushing so far that everyone just says We're all in just blowing everything up um, so there was like a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on and it's like any tactics game different units different rock paper scissors relationships between everything but again a lot of really cool music that has instead of dark wizard which has you know medieval fantasy or high fantasy stuff this is very militaristic and almost like utilitarian kind of mechanical approach to we are doing work we are winning the war but it it still has that early cd game music sound which is like that sega cd to duo to ps1 which is like you know what this song didn't have? A shredding guitar solo. Would you mind if I threw one in? Go for it. And uh, that's really all I can say about this game. Uh, uh, but one funny thing about this, the cover in the U.S. globe with a head behind it and some missiles or something. In Japan, the cover, which I'm going to hold up for you, in Japan, the cover of the game is a picture of Bill Clinton and Saddam Hussein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saddam Hussein and Bill Clinton shaking hands with an exploding planet behind them. Um, and what looks like a B-1 bomber, everyone, and an F-16 flying around. Well, that's uh, obviously better than the cover that we got. That is really awesome. Like, Bill Clinton could not be happier with himself. He really, he's really doing a good job. <laughs> uh, that's starting World War Three, And that's Japan. Just, like, great. Like, every other country is... Everything is some weird fiction that's <laughs> just funny to us. Here's two real people who are at odds with each other and uh, shaking hands. Uh, but we'll do some songs. Uh, this is just off the disc, like track three, five, nine, ten, and thirteen. It's I don't know. I don't remember where this st- where these songs are from. There's like some of it's battle music, and then depending on the tone of the battle, the pace will change. So it switches tracks. When the enemy goes, it's a different song. I think track thirteen, the last song we'll play, is like a saving music or kind of like a dire scenario music. Uh, other than that, it's just interesting stuff to hear. And we'll do those and be back. Thank you. 
they don't they don't make music like that anymore. It has a very '90s sound to it. Yeah, which it's only again, in these kinds yeah, of games, which is a phrase I keep using in the shows. Like it just sounds like the '90s. It sounds like the '90s, and it's like that's all I got. But like Jim, you were saying when, while we were listening to those songs, like. It could be Duo, it could be PS1, it could be Sega CD, but it, like, it all has the same quality that's like... Yeah, it's like they took all these synth artists and they stuck yeah. them in a room and said, we have all these generations of games, you got to crank out this music. Yeah. And they did, you know, and they disappeared. Like, yeah. this music will not be in a 360 game. Never. It'll never be anything like this. And like, if you heard it, you'd be like, what? What? And even... And well, it's the same thing like with Doom. You play Doom and it's just this cranking MIDI music yeah. that's awesome. And then you play any shooter now, and it's either like total atmospheric nondescript music, or it's Hans Zimmer making this right. million dollar score. And it's like, eh, you know what? You know what? Everyone's going to remember twenty years from now, E one M one. They're not going to remember the level three from Call of Duty, whatever. Like they're going to remember Doom, all of Knee Deep in the Dead. They're going to remember every yeah. single song from that because it's all great. Which I guess we're inclined to say because that's what we grew up with. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, you know. no nostalgia glasses on this show. Yeah, at all. Yeah. This is no, all. No, no, this no, is no. all truth. This is all facts. Um, yeah. I think you can look it up in books, which you mm-hmm. also don't read anymore. If you disagree, you're wrong. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, so moving on really quick. Uh, this is a quick one. There's a game Sega CD called Stellar Fire, which I played like once and was like, okay. But listen, this level one music, I was like, this is really cool, and it's the exact same type of music. It just has that quality to it that I'm like, this this didn't exist before this, and it did not exist after this. There's just this three- to five-year period, I would say 94 to 96. That's not even three years. Like, uh, maybe a two-year period. Well, I guess uh, the duo was a little before 94, right? Like, maybe 93? I don't know. Duo, I'm not as clear on the dates. But. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. Um, I, I'd go as far as 93, CD-ROM era, 93, up to like 96, where even the PS1 and Saturn had music that was still in this type. But then after like 96, 97, I feel like no games did this kind of song writing comp- composition at all. It was just, and we now have settled into our ways, and this is the kind of music we make. So, but real quick, like mm-hmm. I'm familiar with the name of this game, but like, what kind of game is it? Stellar Fire? Yeah. Uh, it's a first-person thing that you <laughs> shoot stuff in, but it's a first-person... full-motion video? No, it was like rudimentary polygons, I think, so it's like pretty basic visually, like, and, and there's like... It's one of those games where you're, you're driving some kind of automobile or, or flying hovercraft or something, but when you move, there's it just scrolls completely smooth. There's no, like run bumping or i'm in a car that's bumping Uh along it's just and i'm moving and i come to a dead stop moving come to a dead stop and you're just like shooting crystals to go to the next level or something and it's just like uh, i'm trying to think of another game specter for super nes was the same kind of thing where it's just like this flat terrain that goes off into nowhere maybe even like cybermorph for jaguar if it was only on the ground like instead of thinking the jaguar game i'm like i don't remember what that's called but that's what i had in my head good work what what did that head always say? There's like floating head and cybermorphs thing. Like, good work, good work. And you're like, thanks. I haven't done, any, I haven't done anything. Um, but you know, this one song was good, and this is the only level I think I ever really played. And this is actually by Dynamics, who would go on to, I believe, make Adventures of Willie Beamish mm. and Tribes too, which is a bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tribes is a big deal, Jim. Yes, I played that game before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so this is one song. I think this is just level one from Stellar Fire. And another thing that was funny about this is uh, the back of the box says featuring a introduction by Michael Dorn from Star Trek: The New Generation. <laughs> and I'm like, 
you can't even get next generation right. Like it's one <laughs> word, and it's one of the most highly rated shows on TV at the time. And no one at Paramount was like, "Who put new generation?" Like, to be fair, it is the new generation. It was. It's it w- the new Super Mario Brothers of Star Trek. It it was, but they did capitalize it. Yeah. So that implies proper noun. Okay. So I have to call foul, and even as like a dis- not that discerning fourteen year old, I'm like. You guys uh, put new instead of next. Well, see, with it being new, though, it's relative. So you could say, like, it, oh, it you is. could look back on it and go, oh, wow, that's, you know, that's Claim. Michael Dorn <laughs> from Enterprise. I don't even know what the new Star Wars are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I also have another thing I want to play, uh, since there's only this one song, just so there's at least two songs. You guys know the intro to this song we came in with, which was the Sega CD BIOS. BIOS. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you ever hear the Japanese or European version of it? I have not. Maybe. Maybe. Well, we're gonna <laughs> I play. I don't want to just outright say no because I want to say that I have. Yeah, but I can't. I don't remember. think I ever did, and I found it. So this is what the Japanese and Euro players were treated to um, when they turned their Sega CDs on. So we'll do the Stellar Fire song and then the Japanese Euro version of the BIOS. BIOS. They're BIOS. mega CDs. Mega CDs, correct. And we'll be back.
Oh, it just sounds like a, a great ending thing. Yeah, you know, it does. It's like you just accomplished so much, and it's rolling up to this <laughs> you you know, did mountain. It. It's, it's, you did You bought a Sega CD. <laughs> Thank you so it. much. I don't think I have heard that before. I've never heard this that before. That doesn't sound familiar at all. Yeah, I, this is new to me. So when I downloaded it, I was like, that's nice. Did they have two different models like we did? I actually and... don't know. I didn't look into the history of the Sega CD as much. I just enjoy it and played it a lot. Uh-huh. So... That's the deep dive you get on VG Empire. I didn't look. <laughs> we, we done played that. I didn't look. <laughs> it's like, we're done. We're moving on. But you were also saying that Stellar Fire song sounded like a Duran Duran. Yeah, it and sounds it like it really belongs does. on Notorious. Uh, and I agree. <laughs> or in a, in, a, in a pinch, big thing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, big thing is certainly no Notorious. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, so that actually can move into this next batch of songs. Most blasting through the Sega CD is this Terminator game that Jim turned me on to uh, this weekend, actually. And it's actually highly fortuitous that you're both here this weekend, because I was like, man, a Sega CD episode, nobody in this building knows anything about Sega CD. <laughs> oh, wait, the two people I grew up playing Sega CD games with are <laughs> going to be here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so what is it with this, with this Terminator game? Well, this is a game I didn't actually own, but I did rent, you know, because that's what you did back in the day, because <laughs> you couldn't afford all these games. So I, I rented this game, and it, it's essentially like a Contra ripoff. Except it's a little bit more open, you know, and it's, hey, it's Kyle Reese, and you're killing Terminators. Oh. And it's, oh, okay, the next stage, it's Kyle Reese, and you're killing Terminators. But what makes it great is the music. I mean, it's just a generic shooter like any other game. Right. But, uh, and later I would find out that, oh, it, it was Tommy Tallarico that did all this music. Oh, wow. So I'm like, man, because I would hear it later, and I'm like, I know this music. Where do I know this from, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and then I would track it down. I'm like, oh, hey, Tommy did that music, and, oh, that's that game I used to rent, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd never even, I, I mean, I assumed there was a Terminator game back then, but, which again, is just weird, because it was like, it was after, like, almost 10 years after Terminator 1, and even then, a few years after Terminator 2, so it's just kind of like, here's a Terminator game. Is it based off of the first movie, or is it just yeah. like, oh, uh, it's yeah. just a Terminator game? Because you're, Kyle, Kyle, you're Kyle Reese, well, it, like, right? It spans, like, multiple time frames or something. I, I, I didn't, like, play it for the, you know, it had the full motion video. Oh, but okay. I, it's like, oh, you're looking through, you know, a Capri Sun uh, <laughs> straw to see the video, but, uh, you know, whatever. It sounds like a cool game. It's a Contra clone. Yeah, essentially. This is a yeah. run-and-gun shooter. Interesting. A lot of cheap deaths, but of course. need to look into this and add it to the collection. Uh, three songs, Taking to the Air, Destinations Unknown, and Visions. And we'll be back.
，拜拜。拜拜。
it's not the music you would expect, you know, cutting yeah. down Terminators and all, but... Yeah, it's well, it's that, that's the weird thing. It's like, all this music, ease and all the things like this are like, we will freely mix guitars and pianos and, like, just synth or- orchestra hits and just all this goofy stuff, but then do it so absolutely sincere... It's like, look, if you're not buying it, if you're not all in when you turned it on, just shut up and turn the game off. I don't care. Like, we are we are fully invested in this. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's super fun music to listen to. Oh, or, yeah. or especially to play a game to and then get stuck in your head and then create a memory attached to it. Moving into, uh, this is the last uh, the last game for the show, although we're not done, we'll have one more piece of music after that. But uh, Final Fight for Sega CD, mm. uh, which is a great version of Final Fight. And then went in and added uh, some much, as was often the case back then, uh, redid the music to be not the, not the Genesis music uh, or arcade equivalent, but like, like re-record new stuff in the same same song, but redo it or whatever. Uh, so, and Final Fight was on Genesis, right? No. No, it, it wasn't. wasn't. It was Nintendo only. Yeah. Like, this was their intro yeah. into this. Yeah. And it was much better than the Super Nintendo one, yeah. which in retrospect... Wasn't as good. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, mis- it was didn't have guy in it, and then uh, just also worked some other stuff. I mean, at the time, it was it was really cool to see sprites that big and play a game that looked that nice on a on a console. It was like, wow, this is just like the arcade. And then mm-hmm. I would go play the arcade again and be like, oh no, right, it's not. it's not quite like the arcade. <laughs> but then the Sega CD one was. So only like a year or two later, we got the actual Sega CD game, uh, Final Fight. Uh, but we'll do just track two, four, seven. And I don't really know what these are from. They're various levels in the game. Obviously, it's beat them up, so you move through the levels, beat a boss. Uh, beat your bosses like your Sodom and your Damn Doe. And Abigail. Take, take that, Damn Doe. Abigail and who would become Andre or Hugo. Uh, Basis later down the line for Street Fighter stuff. But, uh, yep, Lily Song's going to be back.
song I'm bringing us in is Relento's theme. Uh, Relento hails from Final Fight, and then which come up in Street Fighter Alpha, and then uh, the Alpha series, and then Cross Tech and, and other games with Relento. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. I thought it was going to be Spencer Nilsson because he was like famously took a lot of Genesis games that already existed, or at least existing games, and then when they came to Sega CD and they made arranged versions of all the music, Sonic CD, Echo, Amazing Spider-Man, they added a lot of stuff. Um, this guy Spencer Nilsson uh, did a lot of really cool stuff, but it's all in that style. So that's why I thought it was him, but apparently it wasn't. Do we know hmm. is Echo CD any good, music-wise? I actually don't know. I've never really paid attention to the Echo. The Genesis. Uh, well, I remember playing the Genesis one a lot and being really depressed by it. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah. And then the Sega CD when I rented it just to see, like, I'm kind of curious just to see how sad the music is, and uh, it was very sad. Yeah. Um. So just, just pronounced. You know, just even, even more pronounced. Even more like beating you over the head with. So he's separated from his family and lost and not very strong or capable. Uh, would you like to keep playing this game, or would you like to play the cool <laughs> spot over here? <laughs> Uh, I still didn't want to play this really quick because it did add voice acting. Uh, Metro State. City, Excuse me. a well-known crime capital, has been ruled by violence and death for many years. <laughs> a fact which the newly elected mayor and former street fighter Mike Hagar plans to change. Hagar! At the center of the problem is the huge gang known as Mad Gear. Mad Gear controls all of the major criminal activity in the city. When they learned of Hagger's plans, they took immediate action to bring this new mayor under their control. <laughs> Hello, sometime Hagger here. <laughs> Hello, Mike Hagger here. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hagger. So pleased to make your acquaintance. This guy is not threatening enough. No, at and, all. The, and the music in the background is it's, I, 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 it's like jump and flash or something like that. You know, it's like what's going on? Well, in the arcade, there's just like this ominous glowing red over the Metro City map, and you're like, whoa, this looks like a really seedy area. And this is just like Jazz Town. <laughs> I believe you know who I am. Don't hang up. We have a little business proposition for you. We've dressed your, your daughter, daughter up in the tightest dress we could find. And we'll throw in the That's censored from monthly. the arcade one. Is it what? It's censored from the arcade one there. The Sega CD one? Yeah. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's censored for our sanity. Thank God. <laughs> what? What happened to Jessica? Who is this? Not so fast, Mike. Turn on your TV. We've managed to hijack your TV. You son of a... What have you done to her? Nothing yet, but we'd enjoy the opportunity. Hey, listen to read PG show, guys. Why make your job difficult? Just let us do as we please, like the mayor before you did. Do you think Mike Hagar is gonna play by those rules? I don't think he is. No, I don't think he is. But he's really making us think for a second. <laughs> He's thinking about it really hard. Well, just like slowly, just... it's slowly zooming in on his face. Like, guy, Jessica was kidnapped. <laughs> Jessica, my sweetheart since childhood. Thank you for the exposition, guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Mad Gear must pay. She's my friend too. Count me in. 
And then they mazel tov, everybody. <laughs> Final fight. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, yeah, it's a great version, though. The Sega CD version is tops. is quite good. That brings me to the end of our grab bag of final of uh, Sega CD games. Obviously, the next episode, I want to go into more specifically a little company called Working Designs. Mm. But um, it's too bad. I have, a, I have a friend in the in the industry who knows Sega CD and Working Designs extremely well. And from a point of view, he works for Gamma Sutra now. You can probably put the pieces together. But uh, he has a lot of amazing interviews with people and just information about that time period, the Sega CD time period. Cause he's like, it was a few years older, but was like really active in like the beginnings of the internet, like Usenet stuff or whatever that well, mm-hmm. I don't even know. Like I was, didn't have a 14 four modem until high school. So uh, too bad I couldn't get him to come on, but that would have been really cool. So in a way to end the show, here's a great, another, I remember that moment, <laughs> which is uh, the Sega CD model two. After, I guess it kind of came and just didn't really take off and was not getting traction and also had other issues with like the the disc tray and like the lights on the front that was supposed to light up when it was on or off or reading or whatever. Yeah. Uh, here's the Sega CD Model 2 to coincide with the Genesis Model 2. And it's a little more compact. It, it sticks onto the side now and it's a top, you know, tray that loads in or just a, like a like the top of a CD player where you push the lid and the lid opens and you put a CD in. It's probably quite a bit cheaper for them to make. Those. Oh, probably cheaper. It cheap. feels cheaper than it, the other it one. It definitely did. felt cheaper. And it was very prone to skipping. And I remember like playing Dark Wizard, the music would not load and I would pick it up and drop and it. And drop it just a little bit. Just a little bit to make it go, er, and the laser would be like, hey, there's a CD. <laughs> and just keep going. And man, what a just junky, junky system. But it was had so many good games. And that's why it felt like Brand new yet ancient at the same time, which was such a never had a system that felt like that ever again. Everything else felt new the moment I had it, and Sega CD felt like someone reached into the past and found this thing that barely worked, and then pulled it screaming and kicking into the future. And brought all these great and games brought all these with great it. games, all these with creepy it. games, creepy games. But <laughs> so this, the, we're going to go out with the the intro theme, the BIOS screen for the Model Two Sega CD because it didn't bother to change the music, but you'll notice it's much more somber. It's almost as if it knows its time is li- it's limited. Because it's on its last leg. It's like, just enjoy it while you can. Yeah. You remember the original one? It was that... And it's super Sega happy. CD. And the Japanese one was super happy as well. And now this Model 2 is just like, all right, look, we're not going to be here much longer. Here's so, a melancholy dirge. Yes, literally. <laughs> uh, so that's this episode. Sega CD is... A fine system. There's a lot of good stuff on it. It's probably very difficult to actually get one at this point that's not broken or actually works as intended. But it's worth it. It is worth it if you can find it. You can also CDX. You could try to find a CDX, which is a Sega CD Genesis combined into the size of a Discman, which I actually have one, thankfully, which is actually really cool because it does work as required and does doubles as a Discman if you want to take it on the go, kids, with your (laughs) albums. (laughs) Put one CD. Can you imagine having one CD with you on the go? And you don't have to fast forward? No, you you just just skip right right to it. And when you're done, just hit stop. That's it. The future is now, gentlemen. And it plays your favorite Sega CD games like Wild Woody. Is that a game? Ah, Yes, it is. If it is, it's one of my favorites. And Time Gal and Revenge of the Ninja Wolf Team, everyone. <laughs> Night Trap? Night Trap, of course. Who cares? Uh, so, yeah, we'll go out with that. VGEmpire.com. Thanks for your comments. Thanks, both of you guys, for coming on. My phone's ringing. Uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, we'll do this other episode, Sega CD, that hopefully you guys will still be here to do. Definitely. And take us out, Sega CD.